Welcome to Movie the Podcast. That's right, Movie the Podcast. We are here, most of us, but not all of us. Mysterious. Let's find out who's not here this week. That's the big winner to figure out which voice you didn't hear. Write us at molehole.kol at msn.net. Or if you're gogs, just text your own show constantly. Yeah, (laughs) and then you can just, you know, figure it out. Um, it it, is, it's, it's Alec. Alec's not here. Well, that's Alec, it. just right. Alec. To well, he might, he might be here. He might be here later. We don't know yet. Doc. So he he might pop in. Fantasy at. He's stuck in a pet cemetery. Check Popper. our check our, check, check our uh, Alta Vista page. No, like Angel Fire page. <laughs> go to Arrows dot com and get Arrows dot <laughs> And Check like out us our on, Geo like Cities us, account. Like us on web crawler. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you ask Jeeves, ask Jeeves about mobile radio. Do y'all, y'all remember fucking aggregator websites? Oh my god, that was like yeah. a big thing. Check us out on the Dig or whatever. What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was Dig. It was Dig. dig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're the number three movie podcast on Hotbot. That's right, Hotbot. <laughs> I I listened to uh I listened to Chapo last week and they had uh the the name of the uh the guest's podcast is called Seeking Derangement and I believe it's a it's a, a trans person and a, and a and a gay man but it was funny cuz they they were promoting they they do some you remember that thing I did gogs like a billion years ago it was called like Talk Shoe or it was like oh, yeah, it was oh, a, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember Talk Shoe yeah so they, I guess they have something similar to that now, where it's a podcast platform, but you it supports like live recording and live call-ins. Are they doing they like a like Discord podcast? I, I guess, but it was funny. I'd never heard of it, but it was funny because they were like, "We're the we're the number three show overall, and the number two shows are just white supremacists and transphobes, <laughs> and they love us because they just call in and like fucking dog on us, and they think it's the third most popular show." <laughs> it's like that's hilarious. Oh. It was called no, derange. No, it was called the, the, well. They have a regular podcast. It's very good. It's called Seeking Derangements. But like they're on this new, like they're trying out this new platform, and they're like, "Well, if you want to come over to this platform filled with bigots and racists, come over to us." Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um. Anyway, uh, speaking of bigots and racists, what did you guys watch this week? That's oh, a segue. That's it. That's how you do it. That's professionalism. Oh, nobody baby. mentioned baby boy. Oh. <laughs> Uh, who uh dogs okay oh, i watched four things Hell uh, yeah. and i'd this say be, yeah this i'd say a these, long one i'd say these four films if there was like a unexpected unifying theme it was ambition uh the theme start. of the movies were, were okay, just all four movies were very ambitious to varying degrees of success uh let's start Let's start slow and work our way up to what I think is going to get the crowd going. Um, <laughs> so I watched uh, with my family the new Matilda musical, Not Gonna Lie, on Netflix. Really good. Uh, somewhere between Annie meets uh, Pan's Labyrinth meets Firestarter. Matilda's uh, the, the chick with the hat. Yeah, this is the, this is the, well, that's that might be Madeline you're thinking. Oh, okay. Of. 
but she does wear a hat. Does she she have like super? She has telekinesis in this movie. Was that? Was that? Was that? It was a rolled doll book. Was it, was there a Danny DeVito movie in the nineties? There was gonna... with that little girl who whispers all the time. Yeah. yeah, all I know about that movie is that they were promoting it pretty hard on TikTok for a while, and like the the one like dance sequence that they showed, like the like camera movement and the choreography was absolutely insane. Like I oh, don't... that the, the dance sequences in this movie go hard as fuck. It's funny because that alone, I was like, yeah, maybe I should check that because like it was like really, really well done. Like, no, it, it it is. It goes fucking hard. It, it cracked my top ten of twenty twenty two. I liked it more than four Love and Thunder. So well, that's not saying uh, much. But you know, I I really enjoyed it, and it's very well done. And it's got the guy who I think we as a show love, whose name we don't know. The guy who plays Tommy from from Snatch. Um. Oh uh, yeah. And he's in Boardwalk he's Empire. In Boardwalk yeah. Empire, and yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Great. yeah. So, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's. I don't know if it's for everyone, but I watch it with my kids, and I'm not gonna lie, really enjoyed it. Watch uh, it with Gong's kids. Watch Gong's. it with my, yeah. <laughs> was it? Uh, did your Take kids my like children? It? Did oh, your they kids loved enjoy it. it? They loved yeah. it. it. Was it was a it was a household smash, just like the monster <laughs> match. <laughs> <laughs> it's really more of a graveyard smash. <laughs> That's a good point. Speaking um, of which, I murdered my family. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Benoit. So now, uh, have you all ever seen the guy that sang Monster Mash? Because it's fucking hilarious. No. He looks like one of the Beach Boys, but he's like, you know, because of the voice, he like tries to look like Frankenstein. Like, look up some old TV performances with him. It's fucking hilarious. Did and he then he like hits. Well, he tried to be like a folk singer, and it just like people are like, "Do Monster Mash? <laughs> no new yeah. crap. working <laughs> <laughs> overtime." Um, we were just talking so, about that the other day. <laughs> so that movie, ambitious, and it landed. Second movie, also ambitious, on TJ's recommendation, I watched. I got two Ray Fiennes movies and two Catherine Bigelow movies this oh, week. Shit, did you watch Dead Ringers? No, but I did oh. watch The Menu. Um, Ooh, I love that, that movie. movie. Kicks a, a a nice tight pile of ass. It's uh, so much fun, right? It's like, really good, Sean. You gotta watch it. It's a really interesting exploration <laughs> on like Sean, <laughs> someone someone bought your book, sir. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that I can just say I will and everybody gets it? That's yep. a specific yep. reference. <laughs> so. uh it's it's a real. I mean, TJ already talked about it, but it's a really tight, interesting story about art and what and what happens to art when it's God, underappreciated, what? but also overappreciated. God, and like, what I, is art? Well, <laughs> that's a great like, question. Uh, like paintings and stuff. Yeah, like paintings. Yeah, like paintings. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as a guy who likes, <laughs> there's another like reference that literally nobody gets. That is um, a reference to a two-second sketch from a 30... Well, it's probably closer to 40-year-old show. Uh, <laughs> but, uh... But yeah, the I, menu... Speaking of, Gogs, I mean to keep cutting you off, but Alex's not here, so we can do whatever we want. Oh, yeah. Dad's asleep. Dad's <laughs> asleep. <laughs> uh, we were talking She's about... not here. Recent episodes of The Simpsons, and I was like, yeah, I think the most recent... I watched, The newest one I watched was the Seth Rogen superhero one, and that episode was like 17 years ago yeah 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 good times though good times on the no. but oh no. not back then no. not now oh, okay <laughs> no never but yeah now. The, the menu was great i'm glad the you menu, liked it. 
Sean, I think you'd really like it too. It, it was so much fun. And Taylor is it, Joy is, is it a better send up of art than Rush or uh, Vel- what was the one we loved? The uh, Velvet, Velvet Buzzsaw? Buzzsaw. Yeah, it's a better movie than Vel- Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh, okay. It, it is. So, here, like, the one thing I, I, you know, I think, I think everybody that saw Velvet Buzzsaw in this podcast liked it because generally did. people did not like it. But I think I really that, uh, it. I think the the one problem that I have with Velvet Buzzsaw is. I think at times it didn't commit enough to how like a, like annoying it was yeah. like it. And I feel like the menu does that in spades. Like it commits to it. It's it commits to its premise, its premise so hard. And like it never flinches. Right. Even up to the ending and the ending. I don't want to give it away, but the ending is I think it's fucking brilliant. And people that don't like the ending. And I hate to say this, but. I don't think you understand the movie. Like, who, or at doesn't, least, who doesn't like the ending? I don't. Th- a lot of people. The ending and rules. I, I don't think they understand the movie, and I don't think they understand the tone of the movie. But the, I, I loved it. I this, I this is this is just a yeah. I'll, I'll, since you haven't seen it, Sean, this won't give anything away. But the part where they're describing what's in their gift bags at the end of the night just fucking <laughs> yeah, cracked me the fuck up. And Ray Fines is. He's just, so good. And more about gonna, him later. We're going to explore about how good Ray Fiennes is later. Oh, yeah. By the way, it's still uh, Rock Around the Clock Till You Drop. What's our theme this month? It's uh, Oh, yeah. It's it's Dance Dance Resolution. Yeah. So we, and we watched Strange Days. So, um, oh, yeah. We didn't even say what we watched. Damn, Alex. Well, you clicked on the thing. Yeah, you clicked on It's your fault. Um, But, yeah, the menu, ambitious rules. Uh, The next movie I watched Catherine Bigelow Aliens Montage Banger uh Near Dark. I'd never seen Hell, it before. Yes. Such uh, a good movie. Such a fun take on fucking vampires. Like I love that movie. That movie is so I think Sean previously described it is either gritty or grimy. It's very uh, Texas. Like it's, it's, yeah. a it's like, wet it's like Texas hot and dirty. And I um, love how like gross the vampires are. The vampires like, are so gross, and Bill Paxton is so good. Lance oh, Henriksen uh, is so good. Vasquez, whose name escapes me, is so uh, good. Jeanette, Jeanette Goldstein. Goldstein. Uh, also, uh, I am fucked up forever because like that Vasquez is like in brown face and aliens like fucks me up. Like I is never she realized in brown face or uh-huh. she just just doing an look accent? at her and look at her in that movie. Look at her in Terminator yeah. Terminator Two. I didn't realize it until literally I watched uh, this really great. Uh, James great Cameron channel. loves Genicals. T eight hundred is so fucking stupid. Like, why did it think the dog would be named Wolfie? Like, yeah. Also, well, it's uh, never seen a dog or it's never petted one. This is going to be tangent the podcast, but there's a funny TikTok I saw where you know you know the scene we're talking about in Terminator Two where where uh, Edward Furlong calls back to his house and and the T T uh, nine thousand has already killed the parents. One yeah. thousand. Who's who's talking? One thousand. Excuse me. Well, I she's, said eight hundred. I'm all over but, the place. But so she's she's making like soup. <laughs> But it's the it's the Terminator that's making the soup. <laughs> why? And the, like, guy why? The, the guy on the TikTok's like, why did this Terminator murder this family and decide to make some soup? I, I guess like, in I, case the kid comes home. Is the soup made of T-1000? Because that I can, be awesome. I can tell you why from a movie standpoint. It's because right. as the audience, it's a it's because remember, it pans out and you see like the, the fucking his like liquid sword through her face. It's, it's because the, the audience. Though. It's because the audience doesn't know. But like, oh yeah, you know liquid I mean? swords. 
it's kind of silly if you think about it, but anyway. Yeah. When the MCs came. All right. So then get ready um, for a three hour episode, everybody. We can't stop talking. But that uh fucking near dark rules. Bill Paxton so, rules. Lance Henriksen rules. Like it's I, it's I knew weird and gritty movie. and grimy. And like the kid vampire is so yes. tragic and like awesome. And the scene in the bar. Like the the scene in like the honky tonk or whatever the, yeah, just yeah. the ship kicker bar is like such a slow burn, it's like really uncomfortable. It's great. Uh, yeah, I fucking that, love that. That movie rules. Catherine Bigelow rules more about her later. I believe um, that movie is still available on Shutter. It well. is. That's how I watched it, which oh. is awesome because that movie was like basically lost. Oh, it's media. hard. You can't find. You get, so it costs uh, I almost bought it recently. For, I almost bought yeah. a DVD for thirty five dollars. Uh, if like... you want to see a, a hilarious, fucking awful Blu-ray cover, there is a edition of Near Dark that came out on Blu-ray around the same time as Twilight, and they tried to like Photoshop oh, I saw. It to make it look like Twilight, and it's fucking horrendous. It's got what's his name's face, kind of, and May's face, like sort of in the. Yeah, it's bad. Um, I will say though, I think I think I had I, I think I talked about this. We talked about Near Dark before. The ending bothers me a little bit, but I still really like the movie a lot. I like, like how he, I, I mean, I he, think the ending's a little, it's a little, it kind of throws canon on its. Well, it, it's ass. the same problem I have with that fucking uh, 30 Days a Night, right? Where yeah. 30 Days a Night, like they, 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 they meet this vampire that's like older, it's like older than time itself. He's like the oldest vampire. And in, 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 he's able to be bested by a guy that just turned into a vampire five seconds ago. It's kind of the same end. Yeah, but well, anyway, still a great movie, fantastic and, movie. And also, then, uh, Catherine Bigelow. I know she won an Oscar. She does not get the credit she deserves. She does not. She makes a good gritty street film. Most of her movies are like street level, like you know, like you can sort of see like where the Softy Brothers could get some inspiration from the did shit she, she make, does. Did she make Zero Dark Thirty? She did yes. make Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, hmm. I did not see Zero. and the Hurt Locker. I like, I like Her- the Hurt, Hurt Locker. is pretty good, but I did not care for Zero Dark Thirty. The Hurt Locker was the, well, no. I thought the Hurt Locker was the first Catherine Bigelow movie I saw, and then I realized that Point Break, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, how, how are you going to forget that? <laughs> I mean, no, I just didn't realize. I, at that point, I wasn't paying attention to directors, so I was I mean, still a neophyte. She's, like, incredibly talented. Like, she really, she really, really God, is. Damn it, Tom Brady. Jesus Christ. What Timmy? What Timmy Brady do? He just threw a fucking pick in the end zone. Uh oh, Spaghettios. Um. So then, the last thing I watched was probably of the four films I watched. Near Dark, also ambitious, but the last one I watched was the most ambitious thing. Um, I watched Beyond the Black Rainbow. <laughs> I I've watched it and I've loved it. That's a good movie. Um. Ambitious. You like that? That's interesting. I did like Beyond the Black Rainbow. It's strange that, as shit. That I is like, a that is such a non A to B movie. I would think you'd hate it because they no. don't explain like anything. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just here for it for the visuals. I like the, the visuals, are Posmos Camaplos or whatever. Yeah, I love that too. <laughs> I think so, it's po- I think it's Posmos Camaplos. <laughs> so sure. I love I love Beyond the Black Rainbow. I love Mandy. Um, yeah, he's fucking awesome. The last thing I watched was the director's cut of Nightbreed, which is I know TJ just recently watched it. That yeah, is a that is a movie. That thing has it's a a mess. It's it's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. Uh, you described it to me via text as 
Clive Barker's sketchbook, and that is like a very accurate description of that movie because it's like seven movies. There's just a lot of idea. He's like just idea, idea, idea. Some of them land, some of them not so much. Like the scene, like the like the serial killer mask and situation lands hard. Oh, uh, it's fucking awesome. That some of the monsters, so cool. that mask is silly. Some of the monsters. Not so much. Some, yes, the the flashback to like the monster apocalypse, which is happening maybe during the Crusades or something, looks like a Nine Inch Nails video, and I want to know what's going on. The plot is ludicrous. <laughs> it really is. Like, like the way that the entire town like marshals up and storms the Capitol at this cemetery at the end, like. It is and like slaughters like all these like weird monsters. Yeah, I mean, because like, clearly like the theme is we're really the monsters, right? Like it's pretty ham-handed, right, right. right? But um, but then they just going through just relentlessly just shooting children and stuff. Like it's nuts. And then you know, then they release the berserkers and everything explodes, and then Cabal like is gonna become the new monster Jesus. And what I th- find is very interesting is the movie sets itself up to have a sequel and i don't think it had a sequel no but it sets itself up hard for a sequel it's like we're gonna hunt them because after the priest gets the goop that sends his head backwards like he's like i'm gonna hunt them down it's uh years ago yeah yeah it is like i I think and the problem was i always i saw him i had never seen this before and i think i always got imagery from this movie and imagery from the uh the uh it's not Howie Long, Howie uh, Howie Mandel. Starter? Oh. No, no, Howie Mandel. Little Monsters movie, kind of oh mixed up in yeah. my mind. Um, but uh, this this movie is a big swing. It is the most ambitious of the four films I watched, and unfortunately, it it it's its reach exceeded its grasp. Is that the term? It's uh, we call that the Wachowski maneuver. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and I, until recently, didn't Barker direct it too? He like, wrote. And directed it, and you've yeah. got, and, and and you've got Cronenberg in it, which is wild. Yeah, Cronenberg's um, the bad guy in it. Like it's just a, and the guy, the main guy, kind of looks like whatever his name was, it Steve Ranzizi or whatever from fucking oh, Stolen Valor. Steve yeah, Ranzizi, yeah, from uh, the League. It's gonna uh, look like this. It's distracting, but like the movie is. It's like something to watch just because it's like, holy fuck, they made this. But yeah, it's not. I totally like, agree. That's how I felt. Like it is, it's you, not boring because it's no. fucking, it's super long too, but like there's always something happening. You may no. not understand what the fuck is going on, but something is happening. It's not a movie you watch, it's a movie you witness. And I witnessed <laughs> it. And <laughs> that's it's, a good, uh, that's a good way to put it. And uh, I, I guess I'm better for it. At least I can refer to it. And the porcupine lady is fucking wild. Um, but that's everything shown. Oh, I didn't watch shit. I've just been watching football and playing NBA Street football. and NFL 2K5. Let's go. I got an Xbox with 83 games for $40. Hey, that's, yeah. a, that's a steal. It is a steal. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't had a chance to watch anything really. Like, I'm, me and movies are still kind of at odds. You're on the outs. In general. <laughs> Mm. Uh, like everybody's like, have you seen Megan? I was like, I, I saw enough Megan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah, yeah that like, movie I, looks that movie looks fucking awful too. I, yeah, I'm not not even remotely interested. It's like, isn't it so cool? Like, wait, what is that about? I don't even know what it's you're about. about. The uh, it's dancing, like a like, it's AI slash small wonder horror movie yeah. or something. Um, it looks fucking terrible. Miss me with that, probably. Yeah, like legit. <laughs> it's somewhere around reading for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> TJ, chaos. Uh, I watched a whole bunch of shit. Uh, I watched three things. Three things. Uh, I'm gonna start with. Uh, I watched two uh, amazing things and one abysmal piece of dog shit. Um, so I'm gonna start with the abysmal piece of dog shit. I and I will preface this by saying I watched this at one half speed or one one and a half speed. So I watched this very fast because uh, I knew yeah. it was bad, but I kind of wanted to witness how bad it was. I watched uh, "Don't Worry, Darling." Um, I don't even know what that is. Oh yeah, you haven't heard about this. There was, no. there was a, there was a. Uh, this is one of those movies that uh, it was. You, you heard more about the controversy behind the scenes than the oh, actual movie okay. itself. Now it's starting to ring a bell. This is the one that Olivia Wilde uh, co-wrote and directed, and she apparently was like abusive to the crew because Jason Sudeikis served her like divorce papers on set. Hey, or not, excuse me, not divorce papers, but like custody papers for their King. kid. Uh, he he and, was just uh, listening to Fresh and Fit all week, and he's like, you know mm-hmm. what? <laughs> Apparently, uh, Chris Pine and Harry Styles like didn't get along, and there was all this talk about like all this other crap going on in this movie. And um, the movie is horrible. Um, I'm going to spoil it because it's that bad. Is uh, Olivia Wilde the Psylocke one or is that a different? Like, I get the Olivia's mix. That's up. Olivia Munn. Olivia Wilde, she was kind of popular for a one. while. She was I, all I ever remember her from. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But she oh, was in a lot of digital jazz. Yeah, she was she was like the hot. She looked like uh, what was that first person video? Mirror's Edge. She looked Mirror's like Edge. Mirror's Edge. Yeah. She's Cora? white. Cora? She's white, but she looks like Asian enough, so they like kind of they kind of yellow faced her in a weird yeah. way. Mm. Uh, anyway, um, her, she's also like a, a nepo baby. She's somebody famous. Where did you hear that phrase today? Like, what the hell was a, I listening to? There was to? a Vanity Fair ar- ar- article about nepo babies. That's where I even. Oh no, it was on it. cartoonist kayfabe with fucking oh. uh, Jim Rugg and Ed Pistol. Is it like, is it like Muppet babies? No, nepo like nepotism. Oh. Yeah, but no, I can't it's say like, it right. It's like those kids that, like, you know, it's like fail sons, kind of. But they're like, like oh, you don't realize every, everything was so much harder on me because my dad was Steven oh, Spielberg. Oh, Chet Scott, 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 no, no, no. Ones that are actually successful, like Scott Con oh. would be one. Like the guys that have a career but like really shouldn't because they're awful. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> that's Scott Con. He's, bitch. He's fucking terrible. Uh, have you ever seen a vessel where you're like, man, it's Scott, you're like Scott Kahn was really good. Um, anyway, so don't don't worry, darling, is like this this kind of weird, like surreal kind of 1950s movie, and you're like, okay, it's kind of interesting. And like basically, like these these women, they live in this like perfect little society, and the men go off to the business store, and Florence Pugh is like, something's not right with this, and there's like weird stuff happening. And then the twist happens. And the twist is so unbelievably fucking stupid right. that like I I I don't know what I don't know how this like got past the like editorial phase cuz like um she you find out that like first of all you find out that 
Florence Pugh in real life, she's in a simulation, first of all. Everyone is, is in a simulation. Okay. And like Harry us. Styles, Harry Styles and his gang of fucking weird incels have got this technology that that creates the fucking simulation. And that's like the whole movie. Wait, what? Um, what? Also, like you can you can fucking uh ugly up. Harry Styles, all you want by giving him nah, a bad he's beard so pretty. and springy hair. No. I'd never buy him as an incel. Like it'd be one thing if, like, th- this movie is so bad, but it doesn't matter. But like, it'd be one thing if he's Harry Styles in this simulation, and then he looks like fucking uh, Rich Us. from fucking Red Letter Media or something in real <laughs> life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I this movie is so dumb and bad, and then like it's just like misguided and. I don't know if what you guys is, remember. What is the point of the movie? Well, I, the movie doesn't know what the point of the movie is. Wait, like they, how do they, they get Florence Pugh's? Uh, in how'd she get into this simulation? They drug Harry her. Styles kidnapped her. Oh, that's simple. And it, it's, and I guess you're led to believe that Chris Pine is who also is like one of the most handsome men I've ever seen is just some grimy computer incel. Like I don't. It's so bad. The movie is meant to be this, like, I guess they're trying to make it this weird sort of, like, uh, like empowerment movie because she fights back, but it doesn't really work. And the only reason she gets out is because all the men screw up. <laughs> so it's like, is it she doesn't even get like out on her Assassination own. Nation kind of thing? No. I that mean, movie Assassination, rules. Assassination <laughs> Nation is actually written well. Is like, that what they're going for? I, I don't know, dude. I like watched oh, okay. this movie and I was just very confused. Like, I I don't know. It's terrible. Don't watch it. Um, there was a movie a few years ago that I watched that also was like a week. Like the trailers made it seem like it was just like a regular kind of like murder mystery kind of thing. And then that was in a simulation, too. Like, I don't know what it is about like bad movies where it's like we have to add this like weird science fiction element. I think it was called like severance or serenity or something it came out a couple of years ago slappy it was about sure like it, slappy wow the cowboys have missed two extra points nice that's really bad uh but they're still winning 12 to nothing uh so let's get into the good things i watched let's go boys i watched a movie called pleasure mm. uh i fucking and it was it. it was very good now uh i said it in my my patented snarky red uh letterbox review uh, this goes right up there with Climax and X Drummer as a movie I think is a fucking masterpiece, but I can only recommend it to like four people because uh, it is not an easy sit. Uh, How many of those is, people are on this call? Uh, at least one of them. Uh, um, Stay tuned uh, to find out who. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, so Pleasure is one. It's kind of strange because it's a it's a Swedish film that's almost Gross. entirely in English, so it's kind of weird. Like I. It's also the only movie I've ever uploaded to the Plex, and they got all the information for the movie wrong, which I thought was weird. Good on them. Um, the only movie, and I've uploaded crazy shit to that Plex, and they always get it right. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I can fix it. Um, Pleasure is about this girl that comes over from Sweden, and she wants to get into porn. And it is a very clinical view of like what being in porn is. And what's interesting about it what I what I find interesting about it is the movie is even-handed. It never comes off as being like judgmental. Not to say there aren't negative things that happen in the movie, 
but like mm. it's very fair and it, the other weird thing is as much as like there is a lot underlined a lot of sexual content in this movie but like none of it feels exploitative if like i said clinical would be the way i would describe it and it's very good the the lead actress's performance is in, fantastic and the supporting cast is very very good the movie lives and dies on its cast and the cast is very good the movie feels very natural it's the best way i can describe it like everyone feels like real people it kind of felt to me, I don't know the name of the director and I feel bad because I love their movies, but the, the person that directed Tangerine and Red Rocket and the Florida Project. Uh, like, Steven Soderbergh directed Tangerine. Or no, that one, never mind, never mind. I Didn't think he? the same person directed all three of those. Okay. I could be wrong. Um. Anyway, I'll look it up. But no, It wasn't Soderbergh. I, I'm just thinking, I'm, I think I'm thinking Soderbergh because he also directed an iPhone movie, but that's, I just got jammed he up. He directed uh, Unsane, which is a movie I really liked, but most people didn't. Um, but anyway, it felt like that those kind of movies where like, it's not, it's not like fantastical. Um, it's, it's shot really well, but it's not like flashy. Like I, I really, really enjoy, uh, Sean Baker is the guy that directed those three movies. Okay. Um, and he looks like, uh, the voice actor that's named Baker too. I wonder if they're related to Troy, uh, Troy Baker. Yeah. Um, but if you like those three movies and like their kind of naturalistic approach, like I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I, I, I think this is going to end up in one of my tops list. And there's like a lot of times where I give movies credit sometimes where you think they're going in a direction, like a tropey direction and they go the opposite way. Like, one of the subplots of the movie is so this girl, she like, it's, it's a character piece really about the main character and she's trying to find purpose in her life. And she's trying to like, she's made this thing to be like the biggest porn star whole, her goal. And it's kind of to her detriment because she kind of not to spoil the movie, but she kind of loses like herself in pursuit of what she wants. Like it's kind of, it's not like, I mean, this is a well-worn story, but like, it's the, the plot of, you know, if you get, once you get, once you get to the top of the mountain, you realize that maybe you didn't like getting up there. Wasn't always cracked what, up. It, to be. Speaking yeah. of I mean, black Boogie Swan. Nights. Oh, I mean, yeah. Boogie nights a little bit. Boogie nights in this are very similar. Neon but I'd, say, Demon. I'd say that like boogie nights is a lot more like glamorous and even when it gets like dark like there's no like it's this very even keel this movie and i've really really enjoyed it uh highly recommend it pleasure came out last year uh the director i think it's their first time directing her i think it's a it's a woman i'm not entirely sure but i believe their name is their first i I'm, i know for a fact that their their name is ninja ninja thornburg which is fucking amazing um but yeah, highly, and maybe ninja is pronounced differently in Swedish or whatever, but you're uh, allowed to do that stuff. But uh, it's really, really fucking good. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's a little uncomfortable. Like, again, I think like the sexual content is going to turn a lot of people off. I mean, like literally one of the first scenes in the movie, she's shaving her pussy and asshole. So I think like people are going to see this and be like, oh, this is like a gross, like exploitation movie. And it's really not like it kind of shows your asshole seems difficult. It's not that hard. Um, okay. <laughs> he just had no trouble shaving mine. I'll say that. Yeah. God's back there. He doesn't, <laughs> he does a bang up job. You will you'll hardly know I was there. Uh, I mean, less teeth maybe next time, but uh, you know, we all um, have our techniques. 
No, I highly recommend Pleasure. It's it's really good. Again, though, like with what its subject matter and sexual content, and there is there is some stuff that's like tough to sit through. Like there's there's a there's a moment. It's funny because there's two scenes that are like in in very in in like pretty big juxtaposition of each other where there she's like pushing her limits like in what she's going to do in porn right and at one point she does like a rough scene and it gets really rough and it's very intense and you know it's a little too much for her but then there's another scene again under the same guise where she's trying to push herself and that scene is like really sweet and like the guys that are there are trying to help her. It's like a really interesting kind of thing that the movie does. Uh, anyway, I loved it. I thought it was great. There's a lot of like actual porn people in this movie. And if you're a big pervert like me, you'll recognize every single one of them, um, <laughs> which I did even like guys that like, I was, I actually like, I think, I think I said that after watching, uh, I think in ending things, I had an existential crisis. After watching this movie and recognizing people that are behind the camera in porn, like one Axel Braun, who I knew who he was, I was like, I need to reevaluate my fucking life. Look, why, why do I know who Axel Braun is? Like, goddamn. Um, anyway. Um, Not Axel Braun, I suppose. A- Axel Braun is a, a director, a porn director. I am embarrassed oh. that I knew who I knew he was immediately. Has he done anything I've seen? Probably he was very pro- prolific in the early 2000s, but anyway, um, anyway, uh, it's a really good. All, all joking aside, though, like incredible movie, and the the like core cast, like the group of girls, the main character, and like her group of friends are so like well developed, and like they have such great chemistry. I I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, and then the last thing I watched is definitely going to end up another one that's going to end up in my best ofs. It's the Banshees of Inner Sheeran. Yep. Um, it's amazing. I fucking loved it. I I think that uh, the performances are out of this world. The whole cast is really good. Um, it's just, it's written like impeccably well. Like it's written so well. It feels like it's effortless. Like Martin Mc, McDowell, is that his name? McDonough. 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 Martin McDonough. Like what screenwriting is to like Martin McDonough is like what guitar playing is to Buckethead. Like the stuff that he's doing, put is, that on the fucking poster. I mean, like the stuff that he does is just so well thought out. All the characters, all of the characters, even like minor characters, are are so well written. And like the whole scenario and the the whole his whole vision is so realized. And like, I'm not, this isn't like this big epic story. It's a very, very simple story, but that makes it even more impressive that you're able to stay completely glued to the screen over this admittedly kind of silly premise. Like the premise is, is just, it's just like guys, best friends breaking up, right? That's all yeah. it is. These two guys are, are buddies. And one day the one buddy, uh, Gleason, uh, what's his first name? Brendan Gleason. Brendan Gleason. Brendan Gleason just decides like, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. Like I want to focus on, you know, this other stuff in my life. Yeah. And I mean, but the movie is so much more than that. Like it's a, it it goes into themes of like, you know, what it is to like, to, to, to kind of be true to yourself. Like, cause I don't, it's hard to describe, but like, you have to watch it, but even things like where, you know, there's a scene I really liked where, where, um, 
Colin Farrell kind of tells off Brandon Gleason because again, Brandon Gleason's initial thing was he didn't want to be friends because all he ever does in life is talk to, uh, is talk to, to him. And, and like at the end of the day, like in 20 years, no one's going to remember him and his small talk, but he plays, he's a musician. He plays the, the violin and he's like, if I write, you know, a piece of like amazing music, then my, you know, my legacy is there. My legacy will live on forever. And like, there's kind of a point in this movie where it's like, well, does that really fucking matter? Like, do you want to be re- like, why does being, why right. does being an asshole and being remembered by people you'll ever meet? Like, why is that important to you instead well, you of just being yeah. important to people you care about? And like it, that message alone is like really interesting. And it is not like that. That is a point that a whole movie could be written around. And it's literally just a scene. It's just added as like, added seasoning to this plot. Well, I'll tell the you, man. Scene... Like, oh, good. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, as someone who doesn't have children and most likely won't at this point, sometimes, like, what I leave behind is, like, it, it paramount to me, right? So, like, it, oh, it, it is something that's, like, you know, I think about quite a bit. Oh, I do, too. I mean, well, I, I think I, it's, I... It, the movie is, the movie explores the trade-off of, like, Brendan Gleeson's sitting there dealing in absolutes, and he can't seem to but rectify. Bro- like you can be, you don't need to abandon the immediate satisfaction for this potential long term. But Brandon Gleason, Brandon Gleason's also not being honest with himself, and no. he's he's that's the other thing that's great about the movie. Like he, there's so much to this fucking movie. Like he's still this like good per hearted person, and he's kind of faking it to thinking that he's going to do it to extreme amounts. I don't. I fucking loved it. That's like when you uh, take a dog that you love out to the field and say, "Just go, boy," and like try and shoo him away. And the dog. I mean, like, it's that trope. Barry Keough is really good in this movie. Uh, he plays like a like a slow kid that that's like befriended um, Colin Farrell. It's really good. Colin Farrell's sister. In the movie is really fucking good. Also, she's the voice of Friday in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I thought was hilarious. I was like, that's that's such a weird thing. Like, I was like, I recognize her voice. Like, I recognize her. I couldn't figure out where. And I looked up her IMDb, and she's like, a oh, voice of Friday, and that was the the voice in Spider Man's head and Homecoming. And she's the voice. She's like the new AI in, in Tony Stark's head after uh, after they created Vision. Vision. I was like, yeah. that's pretty funny. I, I love this movie though. It's it's a masterpiece. It's so good. Um, Rank it. Rank his Gogs, movies right now. Gogs. I, I still haven't seen Seven Psychopaths, so I can't. I can't honestly rank it. I need to watch that. Still. In Bruges, I think it's still number one for me. But this uh, is no, Three Billboards is the best. Oh it's wait, yeah, three not even close. I I really like In Bruges a lot. I guess I guess I always forget of, that he does Three Billboards. I don't know why I keep forgetting. Out that. of those, because three, it's American. That's out it. of those three, I guess it would go. In Bruges, this and three billboards, but again, these are all like great fucking movies. And I need to watch Seven Psychopaths. Um, you ever seen Seven Psychopaths? No, I mean, oh, I need to watch it for tremendous. Decades, I love it. Yeah, it's got Tom Waits, um, bro. I'm you have to watch it. I know. I want to watch it. It's not like I don't want to watch it. Um, I I fucking love this movie. I, I Gogs, you mentioned it, and I talked briefly to Anthony about it. Uh, you guys seem to be bothered by the the civil war metaphor in the movie. I, it I'm not bother bothered me. by it. I just didn't, I just too stupid to pick it up. It didn't bother me at all. Cause they sprinkle the civil war stuff throughout the entire movie. So I, I, when it came at the end, I was like, yeah, it's fine. I didn't, which I civil think war, the Irish, the Irish civil war, civil war oh, okay. of 1924. But I, it, I didn't, that rhymes. It does. They're a poet and they didn't even know it. Um, yeah, make a rhyme every time. 
It's really fucking good. Call me James Joyce. Sean, you gotta watch this fucking movie. It's great. <laughs> You'll love it. I love that um, you pulled an Irish poet, but like I don't think does James Joyce's poetry rhyme. I probably it. not, but it's the best <laughs> I could do on short notice. <laughs> um, he's a real Everlast. Anybody? Hey. <laughs> hey. Ford. Um, it's a great movie though. It really is. Like it's it's and it, I I loved it. I loved it to death. I can understand why it's getting all this praise. I've Spoiler loving- alert for my eventual best of list, which I guess we'll get to next year, next week. But yeah. it's not number one, but man, it's close. But like, it was really, really fucking good. That well, those speaking- two movies, Pleasure and this, like, just two back to back, like, really strong films. So well, that's all I want. Award- speaking of awards, the the because after someone sent the TikTok or whatever of um, I'll get the gentleman's name wrong, so I'm gonna bother trying Wayman. From uh, 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 everything, everywhere, all at once. Watching like his acceptance speech for getting like the Golden Globe for like best supporting actor, and then watching um, Colin Farrell's acceptance speech for getting the Golden Globe for best actor in Fancy Division. Sharon, like both those dudes, just seem like really like nice, well, humble. Who like thunk it with Colin Farrell? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I yeah, like. I think we talked about it when I was talking about the movie last week. I, yeah, when we when you watch SWAT in two thousand and two, you didn't think yeah. that this guy was going to be a great actor. Well, he's got um, the fucking chop. He's got it, man. He's got the. He's so good. Great. Well, he's able. Like he is. He is a guy who, you know, at first he was cast because he was like the young hot guy, and he was just in these like he's like a bad boy, right? Like meathead. Like, yeah, he was just in these like meathead movies, and now like he makes like real fucking movies. You know, he makes art films, and it's like uh, you know, no, I don't necessarily call them art. Fi- well, not art, kill- well, killing of a sacred deer is probably an art film, but artsier films than the lobster. Yeah, yeah, right. but yeah, uh, he's fucking great, and he's great in this movie. And it's a, it's a very like, I don't know, he, he's kind of like an idiot in this movie, like, but he he's is. like a sweet idiot. Like, I don't know, it's very good. I loved it's- it. Also, I don't think I mentioned it. The movie is shot like beautifully like oh yeah whoever the cinematographer is in this movie is is amazing like it lo- the movie looks incredible uh um, his his whole his whole speech about like being nice and that's important even though brendan gleason doesn't seem to think so that, that like, was the that, that was resonated the, like hard with me i was like that was like the a- the legacy scene i was talking yeah. about yeah i love that scene i thought that scene was was amazing and like you know i i can relate to that the same way as sean like talking about it but like there is a point that like I don't know. I, I, I listened to an interview with uh, it was it was with the Mars Volta, actually. And they were talking about the interview was asking about their creative process. And they brought up that Neil Young said that uh, he said that Neil Young felt like whenever he was inspired, he would literally just leave whatever he was doing and go write a song or record a song. So like Neil Young was literally like in the middle of like his best friend's wedding or something and just like left and really? like, huh? Hmm? <laughs> He's in the middle oh, of watching oh, best, best friend wedding. wedding. Oh, <laughs> no. God, took me a second. Um, but anyway, uh, so they they asked, and I can't remember who said it either, Cedric or Omar. But they're like, "Well, I would never do that. That sounds like you. Just, if you're not an, an artist, you just sound like a fucking self centered asshole." And it's like, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like you have to like balance things, right? Like it's. I think that that I I uh, I'm gonna bring up. I just bring up all these other people, but I remember listening to an interview with uh uh with Brett Easton Ellis 
and he was talking about how like when he started writing that like he started acting differently because he felt like well this is the way an actor or a writer is supposed to act like and he's like well then he realized after he was like kind of famous for being or he's like oh i can just be myself like i don't need to act like a certain way I'm enough of an ass. Like I don't need to put anything else on. It's kind of a dick, but I, I do love his work. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway. Um. All right. Let's get in the movie. This is the longest episode ever. Sorry. This Alan. is going to turn into the Chris Farley show. I think at least for two of us. I was really. Oh, it's three of us. I'm... Wait. Which okay. one? Wait. Wait. You didn't like the movie, Sean? No. The no. Chris show. I. Because I, I know Gogs loves this movie because I think him and I have bonded on this movie before. Although I had. Oh, seen you didn't it in a think while. I liked the movie? Oh, I wasn't God. sure if you would like oh. love it. I figured you would oh, like no, it. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I've loved this movie for years. This is like this is like a an old. This is like back when back when people were telling me Boondock Saints was a good movie. This is the movie that was on my <laughs> DVD show. It's like I still le- legitimately have this DVD, I and I'm I sure too, yeah. uh, it was like lost media. I don't know. Did this movie ever make it to Blu-ray in this region? I don't uh, think so. Not that I can find. But um, this this is like if we want to talk about like the the 1999, uh, you know, early 2000s TJ Uvra. It was this. Like Dark City, hell yeah! <laughs> like Reservoir Dogs, like th- these were like sleepers, the sleepers, mall rats. Well, no, not sleepers for me because remember, I didn't see sleepers until the show. Oh, really? Yeah, we talked about it. I, I would, it would have been if I watched it back then because it was great. We should do that. We should do our own like a uh, young man's Criterion collection because I'm pretty sure Bringing Out the Dead would be in mine as another movie that See, I fucking I, like. I've never seen that movie. I didn't come around on that movie, Sean, until you brought it up because I watched it in the theater and I think the movie just wasn't for me back then. I don't think yeah. I understood it. I don't think, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think mm-hmm. I was in the right kind of headspace for that movie at the time, but I've since watched it since you brought it up and I like, I really like that movie now. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that, like, I really understood, like, it thematically when I was younger. I just, like, it just hit me because I love the actors in it. It was just, like, really frenetic and not, like, it, it, it's at the same time not like a typical Scorsese movie, but exa- it is the most Scorsese of Scorsese movies all at once. Yeah, 100%. And, like, yeah. But anyway, let's get into uh, Strange Days, uh, a cyberpunk classic. Yeah. Uh, Gogs, what happened in this movie? The strange days, and what's what's wild is you have to keep in mind that all the things that happen in this movie happen over the course of two days. The movie opens, and it's December 30th, 1999, in a future not far from our own, which was 20 years in the past. Uh, uh, When did this come? This came out in, what, 94, 95? 96, I thought. 96, I was off. I was off by a year. Um, So... Uh, the movie has the movie. Oh, the movie opens with uh, very for anyone who's played Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Uh, the movie opens with uh, Ray Fiennes doing. Uh, basically, you're you're treated to like a, a B and E, like he's going to okay. buy some stuff. Yeah, and he, he he does he uses and the whole movie is predicated on these things. If you played Cyberpunk, they're called brain dances, and it is. They lifted the brain dance thing wholesale from this movie. Like oh, yeah. not even like it's not even remotely different. Like it's a it's a brain dance. Like it's exactly the same. You experience like you you are uh, brain dances. You're you as the user are wearing this headset and they record everything like all your senses and stuff. And then you can sell that tape 
to somebody else and they experience exactly the same thing you experienced. Yeah, all the physical and emotional sensations, all of that. And it becomes also, it. Yeah. It's also in first person. I don't know if yeah. that's important right. to note. But. Also, like, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Sean, because I, I think I've gone on record by saying that in general, first person, especially in movies, is death. It always looks terrible and it never works. This works so well. Like, this opening is so intense. Like, well, I, I think it's the it. way the, the color saturation works in it. Like, it's not like, uh, and I guess that becomes important later too, the way the colors work sure, in the. Sure. Uh, in the brain dance or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's, and it's, it's, it's not like real jerky. Like it's in first person, but it's not like a hardcore Henry thing where, because this is pre GoPro. So they actually had to hold the camera in place. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's very, it looks great. It looks, it looks great. They did a wonderful job. Also, did anybody, am I the only one that it kind of, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but did anyone get hard boiled feels when they go in and it's a Chinese restaurant and they're holding oh, guns yeah. everywhere? I was oh, like, yeah. I wonder if that was intentional or not because it felt very hard boiled like right away. I was like, oh shit. So, so Ray Fonz is he's experiencing this brain dance of a robbery that's basically turns out it goes wrong. Uh, <laughs> Oh no! What happened now? The Cowboys have missed three extra. They just scored again, but they missed three extra points in this game. Wow, three! <laughs> How is that? Somebody gonna get executed? <laughs> well, they're so, up eighteen to nothing. It's almost halftime. So that's a weird. That's a weird. Well, it's a weird way to get to that score. Um. So now, uh, so he's he's looking at this tape, buying the guy who did the thing has died uh ray fine and then you learn a lot about ray fine you learn that he's you know he's a dealer in these things he doesn't like selling snuff and he, he doesn't does like really blackjacks is it blackjacks yeah he does a really good uh fucking uh james woods impression like i think yeah. that's what that voice is supposed to be yeah he's uh, great in this fucking movie. yeah he, yeah the the black market like the snuff BDs or whatever they call them in this movie. They're called decks in this movie, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and more about the, those kind of terms later. But uh he doesn't sell black like the the he only sells like above the board. Right. They're called blackjacks. Oh, yeah. Okay. So a blackjack is where the, oh, the user... deck is what he actually puts he puts the tape. Correct. In. Yeah. The blackjack a blackjack is like when the user dies and you basically like the guy who's trying to sell him tapes like you experience death, man. You experience the black. And he doesn't care for that, but he also doesn't do snuff where people are actually going to get murdered. Or Polycola's um, day snuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, so, <laughs> so you're introduced to Ray Fines and his sort of seedy underworld, and then you get to meet Tom Sizemore, and you find out that they're both used to be cops. They're not cops no more. Sizemore's doing private security, and Ray Fines is out here, and he's just like a hustler, man. And and. You're right. It's James. He's very James Woods in Casino, basically. Like he's just yeah. kind of a dirt bag. Like doing. He's got a. He's got a. He's a briefcase full of Rolex guy that's always trying to give you his Rolex, but you you know know it's fake. But, but everybody knows it's fake. But everyone knows it's fake. <laughs> yeah, not um, one person bites on his his Rolex game at all. And then you get introduced to this young lady, Iris, and Iris uh, is running around looking all distraught, trying to find. Uh, he, uh, what is what is Ray Fine's character's name? I can't think of it. Uh, Lenny um, Nero. Lenny Nero. Lenny. Everyone Nero. has an insane name in this movie, which tracks with cyberpunk stuff. They like always Philo. Have. Yeah. Hero protagonist comes to yes. mind. So, uh, she's like, she's scared. She's getting tracked down by um, 
Vincent D'Onofrio and and movie the podcast royalty. Um, oh God, now I can't think of his name. Um, who's oh, the other cop? Michael Wincott. Oh no, no, you're talking about a Fickner. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, this, this is another one of our uh, Mount Rushmore of ex, uh, char- uh, excuse me, character actors movies. Like it's fucking Fickner, D'Onofrio, Sizemore, Wincott. Like it is like way up our alley. It's deep with people we love. So, uh, so Fickner and D'Onofrio are trying to find Iris. Iris is scared. They're they're two cops, and she throws this deck into the back of. She finds Lenny's car, but can't find Lenny throws the deck in the car and then is trying to find him, but he, he later blows her off. Now, mind you, the background of this entire time is it's the world's about, you know, it's about to be the year 2000, right? What's going to happen? Is the world going to end? Nobody knows, but like shits, as, as Sean mentioned in our group text, uh, the, their quiet apocalypse is a lot milder than the quiet apocalypse we're currently experiencing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like you know, there's 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 civil unrest. There's a prolific uh, a prolific uh, rap rapper Jericho one uh, another turned, part of uh, the movie that was ripped off by Southland Tales. Yeah, turned yeah turned so uh, a hip hopper turned sort of uh, I don't like know social warrior. Like a political I, I, political yeah, activist. He's like a Chuck D. Like a Chuck D. Yeah, but uh, yeah. it's well, obviously the name's a reference to KRS One, but like. What is fucking hysterical is that the future of hip hop, as uh, foretold by uh, James Cameron and a guy named I shit you not Jay Dick, who is a ninety year old <laughs> yeah. man, um, is this weird Gil Scott Heron poetry slam? Yeah. That well, actor like, though that plays him, I've seen that guy in a thousand. He's been a ton of stuff. Yeah. His yeah. name's Glenn something, I believe. But it's like yeah. the LAPD is a, a military force, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Did James Cameron call? It? Yeah, we know. Yeah, that turned out to be accurate. Yeah, but uh, and and so he has been recently. So when, did, when did this come out? I'm sorry, Gogs. Came out in '96, I believe. So this is not right far now. from the LA riots. Like this is still this, like this felt fairly within very that LA riot. Like it felt like they yeah. wrote this script around the LA riots. Like I'm sorry, oh, 90, 90, 95. But yeah, it's right at the same time or near, not far. Because LA riots were '97. No, it was before that, right? No, it was before that. Oh, it was right. Oh, yeah, it was right. I'm sorry. I'm it was back. like 92, I think. 92, yeah, 91, 92, yeah. So, uh, so he has actually recently been this Jericho one has recently been killed in an altercation with the police because he was resisting arrest or whatever. And that's well, no, no, that. you don't know that. Oh, no, no. Well, isn't that the line though? Isn't that mm-hmm. what the TV saying? No, they said no. it's gang related. They oh, say it's gang related. Yeah, they're oh. they're trying to pin it back on. They they deplete. The it's a big reveal when it's the police did it because like that's what they don't want to let out. So oh my bad. All right. Well, but presumably the police like they know or I would I would assume that they knew. Or well, no, the police chief didn't. So like, but that more about later. So anyway, um, all this is going on in the background of the film, uh, and then you're introduced to Lenny's on again, off again. Well, so then he goes home. He's had a shitty night. Uh, his car gets, uh, before he can get to the tape that Iris left him, his car is towed because he's late on the payments. So he oh. tries to give the guy a Rolex. Oh, and real quick. Which has a check. 
This movie is uh, filled with hot chicks. Uh, Iris is very attractive. Iris is very. I don't, I don't know that actress. But she's yeah, got very... that uh, Sin City side character vibe going for her. like uh, what's the name of the really, really, really good looking uh, extra in Sin City with the blue eyes and the the big can. Oh, uh, more girls. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, so his car gets stolen. He's like, he's having a shit night. He gets back to his house. Uh, he puts on his deck and he watches a bunch of tapes is what I'll call them of him and his ex-girlfriend faith faith played by Juliette Lewis. Also looks great. Uh, Yeah. Fantastic. Very, very big TJ, uh, very big movie crush back in the day between this California and natural born killers. Dust till dawn. Oh, oh yeah, forgot well, about her. She plays like a kid in Dust Till Dawn, though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah she's yeah, not really we, hot. She's not really hot in that movie. Like a hot no, she's child. Not hot. Yeah, she's not in the hot. city. Very attractive child. Um, so then the uh, now it's the next day, and they're in like, movie, right, she's kind of always topless." <laughs> yeah, it's wild. She's wearing like a chainmail. Like it's like the I'm most... confused as to the move in the uh, in the memory where she wets her tits just to be dry. I guess that was some kind of weird, <laughs> awkward foreplay. I don't know what that was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like I thought the same thing. I was like, it was like the script had like take a shower, but she's like gross in real life, and she's like, I don't want to take a shower. Yeah. All right, well, just, just sponge down, I guess. Yeah, just act like you know you have to shock your tits out of something. I don't know. Like, isn't that seem much easier if they're at because they're at the beach that she's just wet from the ocean? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Also, her outfit is fucking wild. It's like a like a sweater with like a, a thong. Uh, like, it's like it's yeah, she's weird. got like serious like Olivia Newton John things doesn't happening. She have, over like, there. Doesn't she have like like socks on too? Like it's or like the, not uh, what do you call those? Yeah, those like leg warmers, like, warmers? leg warmer things. Yeah. It's like a yeah, sweater a- and a g-string and leg warmers. <laughs> I mean, it's an outfit. It's a fit. Um, I mean, it's a fit. She, she's wearing like a Rob Liefeld era outfit. Yes, <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, like it, it is gear that Boom Boom would wear, like right before <laughs> X Four started. So uh, he does this until the next day, and then he's getting there's messages from Iris, and he's not picking them up, and then he's going to go start his next day, and he finds out that you know. A, I forget now. This is where I get a little lost. He's running around. He talks. Iris is trying to get a hold of him. Says Faith's in trouble. He goes to see Faith. And then you're introduced to Michael Wincott's well, he, he character. He wants any excuse to go see. Like, he cannot get over. No, he can't give over. Yeah. So, Michael Wincott is the manager of Jericho One, uh, the late, great Jericho One. And he's oh. the current manager of uh, Faith who is an up-and-coming singer, I guess. Michael Wincott walked directly off the set of The Crow in character and just oh, dropped yeah, yeah. into this movie. Yeah, just shirtless, <laughs> but like in a kimono. He, fucking, like, he rocks in this movie, though. He's so good this, in this, this movie. This movie also borders on, um, I, I think, Dog's Coin and uh, Crow City of Angels taking place in a pervert dimension. It's another one of these like impossible like Frank Miller punk oh, slash the- hip-hop slash S&M clubs. That club is so awesome and there's like there's like yeah it's like it's like half of like like in one corner like the the fucking rectum from irreversible is going on and then there's like an industrial concert and then there's like people getting like piercings like what the fuck like, but they're getting like, piercings from like a nine millimeter or something like i don't understand what this activity is that's going on over there it's it's, fuck, it's awesome though like it's i love that scene like i love the introduction of it 
This movie does a really great job with the world building. Like, I fucking, I love it. You know exactly where you are. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. Now, I think this is also a scene where he he approaches Michael Wincott, approaches Faith. He's going to get beat up by a former running back from the Rams. And then... Pause real quick, Goggs. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is that guy that plays Tick, is he also in The Crow? That guy's in a ton of shit. Like, the I guy who plays the... Tick was in Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he not in yeah. The Crow? Okay. I don't he's believe not... he's in The Crow. Wasn't that guy, that guy was in uh, fucking the Good Buffy Morning the Vietnam. Vietnam movie? The guy that played Tick oh, was in Good yeah, Morning yeah. Vietnam. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I was like, I know that guy. I think you're thinking of Paul Rubens for... Uh, for Buffy the Vampire. No, I know like, he was in. I thought maybe they were both. I don't know. That guy has been in a ton of shit, though. He's been in yeah, a bunch of shit. Um, and Tick's the guy who sells the brain dances to Ray Fine so he can deal him. Um, you then, so then, uh, I guess in this scene, the best way to describe it is that this nightclub has a video DJ that just shows images like throughout the club set to music of like just things happening and Ray Fine well, goes to visit him. If and, you went to any uh kind of like proto hipster bar in baltimore in a circa 2002 or three that, they were all like a, this i think a shorty specifically that was a real but, thing i mean they used yeah. to do that at the 9 30 club that's how believe it or not uh i'm glad you mentioned this actually that is how i got introduced to tetsuo the iron man because i was at the 9 30 club like probably around when i was 19 or 18 years old and, and they had Tetsuo playing on one of the TVs, and I was like, what the fuck is that? And the rest is history. Well, I spent so he, like $70 on the VHS tape. So he goes to visit, he goes to visit this guy, give the guy a um the guy who doesn't have any legs anymore, so he gives him a deck of him running in the ocean and saying what's up to some hot broad, uh, as just sort of a thank you birthday gift or some nonsense. And then he's like, Oh, someone left you this, and it's a tape. And, or a deck or whatever and he goes and goes about his business and i don't think he thinks m- much of it because that deck ends up being the iris snuff deck correct a tape yes. it's a tape. tape excuse me tape the deck the, is, you play. the deck is the machine right and now you're introduced i believe at this point in the movie you're introduced to angela bassett's character who is like Lenny's probably only friend and the only person with any sort of morality in the entire movie. Well, she also um, loves him like romantically. She, yeah, she's like, yeah, she's very much in love with Lenny. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to put this out on Front Street, like talking about movie crushes. Angela Bassett as Mace slash Molly Millions in this movie is like one of my like all time movie crushes. She is impossibly hot in this movie. She's ridiculously hot in this movie. Just um, like, ripped and fucking like very like um pronounced like facial features like jawbone and like I'm, I'm into it. I'm one thousand percent down. She's great in this fuck, movie. Too. Fuck a dude up. She's yeah. very like her acting in this is like very like uh, theatrical, but it works really well in this movie. Yeah, she, like, she's I, in like a, a karate version of Raisin in the Sun for half the movie. Yeah, yeah but she's really good at it. Like, <laughs> it works. So between Lenny just getting roughed up by Michael Wincott's crew and kicked out and fucked around, and then Mace kind of picking him up off his ass and shit, uh, he kind of stumble fucks his way through this film, trying to you know figure out what he's going to do until he's finally like, oh yeah, someone gave me this thing. He like reaches into his pocket, finds this deck or finds this tape. It puts the tape on, and the tape is this is probably 
like one of the most uncomfortable and and credit to Ray Fines for making like just like just selling it on this. But I mean, it is like one of the most horrific, uncomfortable things probably put to film conceptually um, ever. It, it's it's the murder of Iris through the this, eyes of through the eyes of the killer. This fucking scene is fucking brutal. I mean, this is. And, yeah, and she This is, is one of the most brutal fucking rape scenes I think I've ever seen. Like it is awful. You it know is like from rape scenes. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm the, the, the what do you want to say the the, the preeminent yeah, <laughs> mid Atlantic rape scene expert. Like it's, it's yes, but it, but it's but it's it's like I don't know how to, I don't want to ever downplay I'm not trying to downplay anything, but I'm saying like it's it's horrific. Not for its violence and its brutality, which are bad, but it's horrific from the approach of how it was conducted. Yeah. Like, it is the most awful, like, if you take a step back, I mean, they don't even have to take a step back. They, like, they walk you through it. They explain it. But if you take and just think about what is actually being done in this scene, it is, it is, it is yeah. so awful. They- the, the 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 killer and rapist has uh, one of those brain dance machines and he puts it on the victim's head so they can see their own death while it's happening and feel... like they're blindfolded and they're getting oh. a live stream from their perspective with their emotions yeah like Ugh. i guess coexisting cuz you still have your own emotions but like 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 the it's a fucking crazy concept it's like it's a fucking concept. wild concept yeah it's and it's, it's horrifying. It's fucking brutal. And it's really long. Like that scene goes on and on and on. It's like, all right, like cut away. Like it's yeah. very it's a very uncomfortable scene. So then so now Ray finds is like, he's just he's like, oh my god, now what like it this happened to Iris. Iris said something bad's gonna happen to Faith. What's going on? I gotta figure, I gotta put two and two together. Iris said then he listens to a message, I think, and the message is about the tape. Uh that Iris left him. So he's like, I gotta get my car back. So he goes to the impound lot and he goes to go get his kid. So he shows Tom Sizemore the tape and Tom Sizemore's like, okay, we got to figure this out. We got to work this. We're cops. We know how to do this. He shows, uh, I want to say Twitch, but his name's not Twitch. Um, uh, yeah, he shows him, he shows him the thing and he's all fucked up with it, but he's like, it's like, he's got like that weird, like, you know, like when you watch drug movies and there's like the junkie scientist who's clearly strung out, but they're very into their craft, so they know exactly what's going on. He's got yeah. that kind of vibe, like, and he's like, "All right, well, here's what the guy's got going on." Like he's, and you can tell by the by the brain dance by the recording, it's like the guy's colorblind, like because the colors are fucked up in the thing, and like he he, he was able to give him like some some really interesting insight about who this guy could be. He's like, all right, we're gonna go find our tape about you know that Iris left me, and then they break in to the impound lot. They get their tape back, and then as they show up there, they are getting harassed by Fickner and uh, and um, D'Onofrio. So they narrowly escape. One way to put it, yeah, uh, they narrowly escape uh, those two, and. They get off and about and they look at the tape and the tape is Iris uh, from Iris's perspective uh, in a Jeep with Jericho one. And she's with Jericho one 
uh, when he is pulled over by Fickner and D'Onofrio, uh, he's harassed and basically, you know, talks back to the cops and says, I'm going to have your ass and have your badge and this, that, and the other. And then they murder him in the streets and she witnesses it. Then they murder, they start shooting all of the, they shoot Jericho one's boy and they shoot Iris's friend and Iris gets away. And she's like, I got to do something with this tape. And she gives it to Lenny. And then you find out uh, that Lenny or Lenny finds out through later from faith that uh, Philo, which is the wildest name ever for Michael Wincott's character, uh, <laughs> Philo is all worried that uh, he's become really paranoid. He's become hooked on brain dances and he's all paranoid that his artists are going to leave him. So he is trying to get insight. So he paid faith or excuse me, paid Iris to get wired up and basically be a spy for, uh, for, um, for him on Jericho one. Did you, so you got like, you have, like Tom, he has hired Tom Sizemore to follow faith around also. Yeah, he previously he okay. also hired. Yeah, he'd also hired. I maybe touch I, if I gloss over that. Apologies. He's also hired uh, Tom Sizemore to follow Faith. Um, and all, all this is happening over the course of forty-eight hours, might I add. Um, so the cops have been trying to get to the. The cops realize there's a tape of them killing. I want to call him Karras One, Jericho One. So they're trying to get the tape back. The killer, right? They put two together that the killer is not the cops. The killer is whoever paid for the tape because that guy knows what's up. He realized how bad this is. He needs to break the, he needs to break the chain so that he must've paid to kill Iris. So then they, they like, okay, well obviously Philo is the bad guy here. Um, Oh, at some point, I'm sorry, earlier, they go back to visit flick again and his, his brain's been burned out by somebody yeah, using I one love, of these decks. I, I love this thing. They, they do it twice in the movie. But they basically they they don't kill him. They just overload his brain. So like he's still technically alive, but like his brain is just soup because they've they like sc- over overstimulated his brain. Yeah, he scrambled his eggs. Oh, also at some point in this, uh, Ray Fines gets real drunk and passes out, and Mace leaves him be, and the killer leaves him a brain oh, dance of him. They do such a great job of uh, like showing how shitty his like how like just his life is in shambles. Like there is Chinese food containers everywhere in his fucking yeah. apartment. Like it is horrifying. And so the killer's like, you know, he got up to his neck and held a knife to his neck, and then left and left that tape for him to like you know, frighten him, scare him off, whatever. Um, so he's like, Oh shit, I got to get Philo. People are dying. Uh, this tape's going to blow, you know, blow the world, blow everything wide open. Uh, faith is performing at this new year's Eve celebration somewhere in LA. They're like, all right, we got to go to this thing. Mace get prettied up. I'm gonna get prettied up. We're all going to go. And here's the, and then basically, there's this really great scene between uh, Ray Fines and Angela Bassett where he's like, look, I'm going to, I'll trade this tape away to make sure that faith is safe. And Angela Bassett's like, that tape is more important than one woman. And, you know, I love you, but this can't be, this can't be where, you know, you're not going to trade away the truth for that woman who doesn't care about you. So uh, pause from the future. Uh, from this movie but did anybody else feel a little bad when 
they're like, you know, this tape will change the world. And then you think about, oh, well, we have like footage of cops killing yeah, people in video well, and it didn't do a goddamn thing. Well, because yeah. they, they touch on at the beginning that the technology was originally for like body cams, basically. Like they, yeah, right. it was the predictive of body cams. And it's like, oh, yeah, that doesn't fucking matter now either. <laughs> like, no, yeah. man, nobody cares. It, kind of, it was like when they, they gave out that line, I was like, oh, that's fucking depressing. Yeah. And also, well, uh, this is where we get the sample from um, Cowboy Slim's right here, right now. It's like, you, when she says, this is your life right here, right now, like, you immediately, like, I know that from somewhere. Yeah, like, I was like, yeah. what the hell is that? Yeah. Um, so then he ends up, he gives her the tape in the deck. He's like, listen, there's one cop that's not a piece of shit. He's standing over there. He kicked me out. Take the tape. Go give it to him. If you don't hear from me, then that's it. That's the end of it. I'll I'll deal with Philo myself. So she's off doing that. He's running parallel, going to confront Philo, try and get Faith back. He finds another tape, and the tape appears to be Faith about to go through the exact same execution rape as what happened to Iris, but it's done for kinky kicks because no one gets killed. And when they look in the mirror, you find out it's Tom Sizemore. So yeah. now he's all freaked out. He's like, what the fuck is this? What's my boy doing? He goes up to the room. He expects to find Faith dead. She's not dead. It's Philo. He's his brain's also been scrambled. And then you're kind of given the 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 sort of the monologuing of uh, how we got here was and normally I hate this like Bond conceit like this is but he's like so much fun in this scene like it's hard not to love it like yeah, also, he's just... like this is a very noir this movie's a neo noir and like the villain yeah. going through well I. I fooled you guys because this is the review. Like that's very noir, you know. He's so, so dry though. He's like, uh, and then you, when you kill Philo, and he's like, "Well, what makes you think I'm gonna kill Philo?" And he just shoots him and goes, "Well, you just did." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's setting up. He's he's setting up. The goal is to set up Ray Fines uh, as the killer and pin all the crimes on him because he's in possession of all the tapes and he's positional stuff. And who's to say otherwise? All the other people that could are dead. Uh, basically, Philo paid Tom Sizemore to kill Iris and to kill Faith, but Tom Sizemore figured he could uh, he could parlay that into getting laid, which is like incredibly based. And he was so, correct. And he, he did get laid. <laughs> he did because, like, poor. F- I I kind of feel bad for Faith. I know she's like played as a scumbag, but she's just getting just uh, exploited. This I mean, entire movie doing i don't know she knows like what I, she's doing but i think she's just fighting for her survival like she doesn't she's not really know. into tom's size oh i didn't, I, I, oh, I didn't I get that vibe at all oh, i thought yeah. like she's like really just like kind of a shit like she has agency in this movie like because even it's like oh choose him and you want to go away and oh choose me and she's just kind of doing whatever i think like, i thought like, what she i thought the choose know, me choose him scene was to protect i mean that was obviously to protect you know, but like, think about that that scene earlier he's like you're like a fucking cruise missile pointed at success and you'll make it and she's like i know i will like she is like yeah i think she's just playing everyone like that she can i think like i don't know fatale right yeah exactly her function well i mean i just sort of figured like i didn't buy maybe i misread it i didn't buy that she was really into size more i thought she was just doing what she had to do to not get murdered oh i don't think she's into him but i i don't think it's even like she's doing what she's got to do to not get murdered i think she's just doing like what she's got to do to make just it, to be on top yeah, yeah that's yeah. fair that explains why she gets arrested at the end which is kind of like okay um so this all goes down 
um, they have a they end up getting into a big fight, and Sizemore ends up uh, taking a thirty story belly flop into into a car uh, on New Year's Eve. Like as the ball's dropping, as the Sizemore's dropping, uh, we ring in the New Year. And meanwhile, Mace has she's handed over the tape, and then she's found these two these two cops have like found her. She fights them off. She handcuffs them. And then you get this really kind of upsetting scene where all the cops come to try and save the two bad cops because they don't know any better. And they just start also also they're cops. So right. like, just <laughs> and they start beating uh Angela Bassett like oh, yeah, they Rodney King her. Like I don't think that's like that's not yeah, that's subtle, yeah. And then the the police chief comes to her aid, saves her. Uh presumably those two cops get put away. Uh, um, did you not watch the movie? Dogs? Yeah. Oh, right. I'm oh, sorry. They didn't have to put. They get put away in the sense of they get put away. They got put away. Yeah. Right. Fickner puts themselves away. Fickner puts himself away. And then you know what? This movie, like, I, I was like, okay, they're gonna get, they're gonna do it. They're gonna go without. And then D'Onofrio has to sneak it in at the end, but you knew it was coming. Uh, it was the big old N word. Yeah. 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 Had to get uh, and then uh so that's the end of their story. Uh and then you know the New Year's getting rung in and it seems like the 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 Angela Bassett and Ray Fines are gonna go their separate ways, but then they embrace and kiss and maybe he'll learn to love her. I don't know how to read that. Because no. she loves Lenny, him because Lenny he doesn't love the shit. He's just gonna hey, Lenny only looks out for Lenny. Yeah, Lenny's yeah. just gonna keep fucking up. I don't think I think that's that's his whole character, right? Like he he's like as you see in the flashback, and I really like the flashback where they show why him and Mace have a connection where he's like there with her, her kid. Like he's he's got like he's got good intentions, but he can't get out of his own way of just being a shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think he's kind of cursed forever. Like I don't think they'll their romance will never work. But no. But it's uh but that's it. That's strange days. It's a it's a cyberpunk neo noir with an impeccable cast, an amazing setting, and it's a frenetic. I mean, the movie is long. Yeah, for it's, a two and a half hour movie, it moves like it moves I'm not bored. Cla- I'm not yeah. bored the entire time. And also, and I've seen this movie repeat. I've seen this movie repeatedly, and I'm still kind of like. I, I know how it resolves itself, and I'm like, this is I'm I'm still kind of on the edge of my seat because it's so well done. I think the thing to me that's that's really crazy too is that like this is, and I said it last week, and I've said it a bunch today. I mean, this is a very this is a very big cyberpunk movie, but it's kind of like aesthetically the least cyberpunk movie. Like, you don't got like the the drenched in neon. You don't have like the the like it is in a in a future, but like it's not like very futuristic, like and you don't even have like the kind of retro futurism you have in a lot of cyberpunk movies. It, it Sean said it to me analog, but it's right. It's almost like it feels like there was a version of the script that looked a lot different, and they like maybe they were worried that that wouldn't sell, so they kind of stripped everything out of it except for the brain dances, like because that's yeah. really the only science fictiony thing in here. No, all the yeah, guns, all the cars. It's just, yeah. it's just a gritty dystopian. Like, it's kind of like not like Looper. Like Looper, they kind of made the future 
still gritty, but sort of like you couldn't see it from here. But you still this had is... like future cars and stuff in Looper, didn't you? Didn't they have like hover cars? They, no, they had like regular cars, but like extra shit strapped to them. Her limousine had like this weird grill on the headlights that I think is supposed to be representative of something not quite right. You know what I mean? Right, like something right. a little but, bit I mean, different. But also when they wrote it, it's only they only wrote it four years in the four years prior, right? We're not talking about leaps and leaps and yeah, back. I know. But I still feel like, and, and Sean said this, and I agree with him. I I think that there is there is a version of this movie somewhere that was like way more like conceptually like fitting with the rest of the plot. Like I don't know. Not that I say it does. It still works. And I'll let Sean get into this point because I didn't even realize it until he brought it up. But this movie is neuromancer. Like it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's absolutely. Well, like, I, I I don't think it's it's um unreasonable to like assume because James Cameron has you know uh gone at William Gibson stuff before like uh I'm trying to oh, fuck what was the other there's some William Gibson story he's used off uh TJ made the point that he's uh blatantly ripped off Harlan Ellison so like James Cameron is aware of science fiction like outside oh, yeah. of what he makes he uh, he ripped off Harlan Ellison so hard Harlan Ellison won a lawsuit because God yeah. damn yeah ter- Terminator is is a rip off Saturday and the glass hand or something i think is are the two stories punchy titles there harlan but yeah. uh <laughs> but yeah i have no, no mouth with which was it and yet i, mean, I, I have no mouth but i'm gonna scream that's fucking awesome where's yeah, the james the cameron version of that but uh oh my god the cowboys just scored again this is a fucking bloodbath uh but, um, anyway yeah so um, like uh case and molly millions are uh lenny and mace like i don't think it's uh unintentional that mace and case rhyme like yeah. uh case in the book is this kind of like he's a hot shot hacker dickhead but he's also like a near do well kind of if i recall right doesn't he have some um some lady he's pining after like that left him yeah. or something before he gets hooked up with uh with all yeah. the pause and all that I don't like, think you ever, it, you're never introduced to her, but he talks about her in the beginning. But, yeah. but there, there's a scene in Neuromancer where they go hang out on a satellite ship with a bunch of space Jamaican, like Rast, like actual Rastafarians. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe I'm just, I'm pulling too much, but I think Mace's uh, sister or cousin's house is a stand-in for that when they go to the most like uh, 90s South Central LA of settings that they possibly can. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I definitely like, agree. Also, the the thing that they uses for the brain dances is called a deck, and the yeah. neuromancer, the computer interfaces are called decks. Like, yeah, and like it's it's like you said, it's like they he wanted to do neuromancer, but it's like all this like fucking AI and the Dixie Flatline and all this like other like crazy bullshit. Like, I, this doesn't isn't going to make a straight movie, you know? Because this is still a very straight movie. Besides the again the uh, the central conceit, there's nothing really fantastical about this. Um, also like James Cameron sort of based in this movie for like, like, you know, the police state thing and how like, uh, black people in America are treated like, and it's not like, yeah, he doesn't like both sides it either. Like, I think it's not very at all. clear which side this movie is on, even though like the, there's still the one good cop, you know, but he's still like a shithead. Right. Um, yeah. But I was, I was telling TJ offline guys, I don't know if you had this kind of memory of it. Is like I would have sworn if you had asked me that this movie ends with her like getting the footage on the screen and that's what causes yeah. a riot. I thought but, that there was right, but then like basically her getting beat up kind of almost sets it basically yeah. sets the spark. Um, and it, 
it's really pressing, man. Like there's that scene where they they are you know vaguely rioting, and the one guy's got the the riot helmet. He's like holding it up like a skull, and like you know that's yeah, images yeah. we've seen recently. You know, like we never finished the job, but like you know we we started it at least. Yeah, uh, I uh-huh. fucking like not like no uh, bullshit. Like I love this movie, and like every time I watch it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like one of my favorite movies. And like nobody gives a shit about it. Like nobody ever talks about this movie. Well, no, again, this is a movie that's kind of lost the time. This is a movie that that didn't come out on Blu-ray. That like I don't know what it is about Catherine Bigelow movies, but like they kind of just go away. Like yeah. she's done like a lot of great movies, and and like I, even though this is like kind of a crazy movie. Like, this is definitely a movie I recommended to a lot of people back in the day, and everybody's like, yeah, that movie's really cool. Like, she makes, like, crowd-pleasing movies, like, to, certain, yeah. to a certain crowd. Well, the- and, like, I, I don't understand why her stuff just kind of fades, like, or has faded. Like, it's wild to me. Well, I mean, I can, tell you, I can tell you why this one didn't do well, or why it didn't, why it faded. It made $8 million on a $42 million budget. Oof. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of... I mean, a lot of movies have had second life on like home video back then. You know. What oh, I mean? I'm not. I mean, no doubt. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a champion of this film. I think this movie fucking rules. Um, I think all the performances are great. Like, uh, Ray Fiennes is like effortlessly like in this role. You know, he is that guy. Like, and I mean, he's doing a weird thing with his voice, but it's not like a Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, I wonder who you're talking. You know, I'm an American. Right. I don't get that vibe from him. No, but he's like, and he's such like a good like, sort of Weasley, mousy kind of like, like he's well, a talker. Like he's not, he's not, a, he's not an action hero that's gonna. He, he, well, he's, he's a scumbag. He reminds me of Jack Nicholson in uh, Chinatown because he constantly gets his ass beat in this movie like yeah, all the time. Like it's kind of great. You're um, kind of yeah. though. Like I don't even though like he's just like kind of the worst like i'm still kind of on his side you know oh he's sympathetic because yeah. like he's not a pure scumbag he's not a complete piece of shit well he's even just, even in his like dealings he has like a morality right he's like, a code he's, yeah he's not man got he's to have not, a code. like the worst people he's not the worst person but he's fucking amazing and it's uh, size more amazing in it guys uh dallas yeah. has just missed yet another extra point why, did you, they not have other really, kickers? Does he have money on the under or something? Like, what's going on? That's, uh, are we missed, shaving points? What are we doing? He's, he's missed four extra. They're up twenty-four to nothing, and he's missed four extra points. Why are they just not going for before? two? I don't know. And yeah, why aren't they just going for two? That's I, I don't. He's, I can't. He's, he's proven his point. <laughs> I don't even under like how is that even possible. I've never seen that before. Like, I don't even know if I, the last time I can recall seeing two, let alone fucking four. Yeah, that doesn't make any fucking sense. I, I guess they haven't. I guess they've only scored touchdowns, so no, they haven't lined them up for a uh, field goal yet. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, good thing that they're they're that Tampa hasn't done dick in this whole game, and they're well, this is the NFL. Nothing, nothing is safe. I mean, it's it's you got ten minutes. This is a, this is great podcasting, by the way. You got ten minutes in the third, and it's twenty four to nothing. So I don't know. I think anyway, the, let's the eight people that listen to the show know we break to talk about football like all yeah. the time. Let's, when the uh, Bucks come back to win this one, and people listen to this podcast, they'll be like, "I was there." Right. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, get into five knuckle shuffles. I have a pretty good feeling. I know where everybody's going to land. Is anyone here not a ten? No. Uh my mine isn't a ten. Okay, then you but, go. 
Uh, it's a nine. <laughs> so I'm going to glow. It's a nine. I really, really like this movie a lot. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of clunkiness towards the middle, but I still really, really like it. It's like I said, it's a nine. It's a, it's a great movie. It's a movie I'm like happy to say that like I revisited and was like, man, this is great. Like I really, I don't know. Like we've talked about this a, a thousand fucking times, but like, how nice is to watch something that's like original and creative, right? Like. This yeah. doesn't feel like it's trying to like fill a checklist of things. Like it just feels like a like a cool fucking movie. Like I love the characters. Like there's a lot of characters in this movie. They're all great. I love the world building. I I love the setting. I love the music. There's the great soundtrack in this movie too. Oh yeah, very um, odd which, too. Which I don't think we talked about. Yeah, it's not like filled with like industrial music like you think it would be. There's a couple yeah. of industrial tracks. But I, I just love it. The direction's really cool. Like, I just really enjoy the. I, I really like this movie a lot. It's a nine for me, dog. Uh, really, really enjoyable movie. Uh, one of the better like lost movies from the '90s for sure. Um, crazy that more people haven't seen this movie. Uh, I say this every time. Shout Factory, come on. Give us, give us a nice, give us a nice, because I don't know, I don't know, I think you guys, I think this is on Shutter now, and possibly Hulu. It's on HBO Max. It's on HBO Max. On HBO, okay. Did you you watch it it on the Max? Yeah, I I watched it on HBO Max, yeah. Because if you watch the one on my Plex, like, I don't know what the transfer of that that was from, but, like, it's not bad, but the audio is a little weird on it, so, like, I wanted to watch, like, a cleaner version, so I guess maybe I'll check out the Max version. But, um, it's an awesome movie, man. It really is. It's just, it's a, you know, Sean has said this before, but this is a, a movie for guys who like movies movie. Like this is just a fucking kick-ass like neo-noir, man. It's just, it's a lot of fun. And Tampa just fumbled the ball and they're down at the 20. Jesus Christ. Oh boy. Well, well, I just don't want to listen to Cowboys fans for a week. Like God, they're the worst. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Sean, uh, it's a ten for me, champion. Like, uh, I fucking adore this movie. I, it's like, it's this weird balancing act, right? Because it's like a normie ass movie, like which I, you know, normally I'm like hot and cold on. It, it doesn't have like the kind of jank I appreciate in movies of this era really like it's very professionally done like there's nothing like oh that's weird like what what was up with that like i guess the closest thing would be like the juliet lewis musical performances but even those aren't like distracting oh we, haven't even ta- me- we never really talked about her i actually love those musical interludes like i thought yeah. they were kind of fun yeah the songs are super weird like it's like nothing takes me out there's no point in this movie where i'm like eh like, that doesn't work for me. Like, even the fucking, like, uh, they set everything up so well. Like, when he's with uh, uh, the uh, businessman they pick up, he's like, don't worry, you know, I'm here with the security, the oh, yeah, yeah. proof, and, like, our, um, the Rolexes come back a couple times. Like, his briefcase with the tapes and muffins uh, in it come back. Like, everything so, is, uh, like... Pause real quick. I, so, I, I couldn't remember... For some reason, I thought her car was all tricked out and shit. And then I was like, oh, wait, did they lift this for fucking Cyberpunk 2? Because it reminded me of the Delamain car. But no, it was. I mean, it was tricked out. I mean, it was. But it wasn't like it, it, was, it wasn't like like the Delamain car is like a, they had like no. combat mode. So, 
But they go yeah. hard as shit when they pull up. It's like fucking that, that training day. Bro, that yeah. sequence is awesome. And then, like, yeah. when they fucking... When she the car's on fire and she just fl- like flings herself off the the dock and that was oh, that so great. Was, and he's like, that oh, he's like, that was great. And he's like, she's like, well, she's fire's like the fire's out. out. <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, like, it, it, yeah, like this movie, like, it, it does have like a slightly weird conceit, but it is like totally normal. And like you said, you can recommend it to anybody. Like, I, you know, there's nothing like. It, it isn't a, and this isn't a knock on the movie, but this isn't the uh, Timothy Stanball Senior thing, or like a movie I gotta pay attention to. Right, like, right. Yeah. You know, you know, it's not like watching fucking Primer or something. Like, it's not right. strange in that way, but like, it's fits really well. Like, it's almost like the original Blade Runner, like in a way that like it has this one semi fantastical conceit, and the rest of the movie is like really grounded. You know what I mean? I like, agree. That's a good way to put it. Um, but it's not an, I love Blade Runner and I know you guys do too, but it's not nearly as boring of a movie. Uh, if, you know, if you want to recommend it to somebody, like I, I have nothing but good things to say about this movie. Yeah. That's um, great. Yeah. Uh, God. I mean, it's a 10. I can't like from the moment. I don't know why I know Ray finds is in this movie, but for some reason, whenever I think about this movie, I think it stars Steven Dorf. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it might have been like maybe he was in a movie that came out like the same time that had like a same like a similar name, but um like for the moment this movie starts, I'm like this movie fucking bangs. Like I, I'm I'm there hundred percent. I can't objectively review this movie because I just love it. So I remember this is one of those movies that I remember like as a kid not as a kid because it came out in the late 90s, but as a young man, like renting the VHS of it and being like, oh, what's this about? It's got a kind of an interesting cover and just being like blown away and like, and like, why is no one talking about this movie? Like yeah. this movie rules. Um, but no one does. Like I bet you can poll, well, maybe not our group of friends, but you could probably poll, you know, most people you meet, like, do you ever see Strange Days? And odds are they probably are going to say no. Oh, it sounds um, yeah. Which is a shame. Uh, Catherine Bigelow is really good at her craft. Uh, the acting, I mean, we're just going to go on and on, but the acting's great. The character actors in this movie are great. Even in their small-ish, pivotal to plot, but smallish from a screen time perspective, D'Onofrio and Fickner are excellent. Like, I got, I got, I have no complaints. It's not a perfect movie. I know that. I'm not stupid. But it's a 10 for me, dog. I love it. Uh, I'd be curious to know what Alex thought of this movie, especially because of how long it is. Also, also, Alec doesn't do well with like the super, like I think that that like a lot of these characters being so reprehensible, and specifically that one scene that we talked about that goes on for a while. I think that might have just taken him out of the movie. Like I don't, I like I have a lot more tolerance for that kind of shit, and I don't know. I could, and I, you know, again, I, I, there's nothing wrong with being having a problem with a scene like that i mean you kind of should have a problem with a scene like that i think that's yeah. why it's there but even i was like it seems it's very it goes very hard in the paint and i think it's interesting because like there's a woman that's directed that you know what i mean like you hear yeah. that a lot like specifically with somebody like gaspar no where it's like oh he directed this and this is you know male like a male doesn't have the right to make something like that and then you see like a woman made this and 
it's every bit as fucking brutal. Like it's pretty tough. Well, it's to like, it's like a woman made American Psycho, right? Well, yeah, it's even like... yeah, but she mis she misunderstood the text, in my opinion. But uh, oh. anyway, uh, <laughs> in my personal opinion, um, but no, I mean it's brutal, and it's I feel like that scene is more brutal with the context, like Gog said, of what's actually happening in the scene. You know. Like, it's like, it's already bad on the surface level. And then they go the extra step and go, well, yeah. And the victim is feeling this like two times over. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's yeah. so, it, it does the thing where it show it both shows and tells you why it's like horrendous, which is kind of amazing. Like, usually I would say that's like too much, but it, it works. Yeah. It makes you really hate uh fucking, uh, what's the, oh, we forgot to mention. There's one thing we forgot to mention that I loved in this movie. And you know what? I'm going to retroactively bump it up a point because I love this so much. Oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, so, so it's a 10 all the way around. There we uh, go. They they explain Holy Tom works. Sizemore's awful wig that he has through the whole movie. Because yeah. he's wearing one of the fucking brain dance things on his head because he's recording the whole time. And he's covering it with his terrible wig. That looks so bad in the whole movie. It's distracting how bad it is. And they fucking explain it away in like the last two minutes of the movie. You're like, oh, okay. Well, now that you mentioned it, another thing that's great about this is like Ray finds ties or like a point of like joke in this movie nonstop, yeah, yeah. and it ends up being this like very serious uh, plot point at the end. I kind of love, I kind of love that, but it's a great movie, man. It really is. It's a, it's a fucking classic. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to Catherine Bigelow. All right, way to, way to get done. Also, I like that. Shout out to Catherine Bigelow two times because in Near Dark, when they're running through the streets uh, on the marquee in the movies behind him is um, is the marquee for Aliens, which I love. And uh, most of the cast was in Near Dark, so I think that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So And James Cameron uh, co-wrote this movie, which is interesting. Yeah. I wonder if he was supposed to direct it at one point. No, what? He co-wrote... He recovered this. this? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, they were married or dating at the time. They were together for a long time. Yeah. Also, uh, so the Plex will cure because the Plex is awesome. It curates like reviews of anything you put on there. So, mm-hmm. like the first, it had like Rotten Tomato reviews, and the first one that was like a negative review, or no, I think it was actually a positive review. But basically, the whole review was just talking about James Cameron, and it's, like, infuriating, because it's just like, this isn't a James Cameron movie. Like, put some fucking shine on Catherine Big, like, the actual director. Like, it's kind of fucked up. At least talk about Jay Cock. Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, It's funny, because in that movie, uh, Pleasure, uh, one of the first credited names on screen is a guy named Chris Cock. Yeah. And I believe he's one of the porn stars. (laughs) So this guy is... it is baffling that the movie only has a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes because, like, I don't know what it is that, like, a normal reviewer would not like, you know? I, the, the general negative review said it was boring, which I didn't understand You're at all. You're out of your fucking yeah. mind. I, I didn't get it whatsoever, but anyway. This, this, this stuff's like a wonderfully realized world to get lost in. Like, it's how do you not, how totally are you not just captivated by just what's going on? Just... Just like picking apart the weird shit that's going on around you. Yep, I totally agree. It's it's fantastic. Uh, it's one of those movies where like I like the world and the character so much. Like like I could have dealt with it with the more Lenny Lenny Nero. Give me Strange Days too. Like I just I loved it. Also, like 
I, I don't know. I guess from it was from the marketing. I remember like the whole end of the world thing being more important in this movie, but I think that yeah. might that might just be how they marketed it because it really isn't. Like that's not really no. the point of the movie. No. At all. Um, it's a much smaller movie than that. But anyway, uh, it's great. Uh, and what's happened? Next week is the Molies. Right? Next week's the Molies. I guess someone's going to send out what the format is. I forget. Do we still have that Same. somewhere? I'm yeah, sure I'm I still have like a bunch of movies. I think I still have it in my Google Docs. So if, have, if not, it, if not yeah. I'm sure Alec does. But um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Sean, you got to watch a bunch of stuff. Oh, have yeah. you watched Crimes of the Future yet? No, I gotta watch that. I gotta watch, watch uh, that. Banshee's. Banshees. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, get the. Have get you watched? Those. Have you watched Men? No, oh, yeah, watch, watch Men. Like I got, yeah, I got a cram. Well, you always watch Men. But we're, talking <laughs> hey, about, we're talking about the film. Um, <laughs> I think the only thing I want to watch that I still haven't. Yeah, I gotta watch that <laughs> Weird Al movie. The yes. men thing, the best joke Kevin Smith ever wrote was the fucking, uh, it was it in Zack and Mary where it's like, I mean, uh, movies for men starring only men. What, like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good joke. That was his last good movie. That movie was pretty funny. I'd like that to part of the that. joke is excellent, but he fucks it up with that button more, more like Glenn fucks and Gary and Ash oh, and Glenn yeah. watches. It's like, ah, oh, you, you, you booted it, man. You, you had it. You fucking had it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, anyway. All right, everybody. That's the show. Right. Uh, next week, the Molies. Dak Prescott. Uh, but he just get he get walloped. Good. I mean, they're down twenty eight to nothing. Like it's this this is done though. Yeah. Why is Dak Prescott still even? Oh no, he, I'm sorry. They're winning. Um. Yeah. No. Nope. I had a. Yeah. I'm dumb. Oh, <laughs> I thought he got. I thought he just got. No, hit. no, 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 no. No, I, I got the score. Oh no, they're they're. Him. They're, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. goodbye, Tom Brady. Have fun right. being a, ra- a Raider next year or whatever dumb bullshit you're going to do. <laughs> but, uh, that's Was this worth losing Giselle Bunchen over? Find out next week. I mean, you know? he already, pl- like, he, he plowed her enough, and now he has a son that he's in love with. Hot take, not that hot. I never. Well, medium take. She's not that hot if you're one of the most famous people in the world. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. There's like model types, like like specifically her, like I, Instagram model, different. You know, yeah, <laughs> those like with a big fat ass, like that. Yeah, what model I models are all thin and waifish. But and she was thin. built yeah. in the previous model years when that was not the. Give me, that give was me not the chick. Body give me the chick that's delivering groceries in that Target Facebook ad. Yes, mm, absolutely. Oh yeah, with that gigantic absolutely. bottom. Or like yeah. you know, I I like a little like what, what was the the only like model like uh, like uh, Tyra Banks back in the day. Uh, yeah, I'm more of a, Tyra a Banks Megan stallion type. Oh yeah, like, or uh, Kate. Like Upton. Kate Upton would do it for you, I suppose. Oh yeah, yeah. I I don't like like wafer thin chicks. That's not for me. Hmm. Or if they're thin, they better have enormous boobs. So Tom this Brady, is, this is uh, this is man, this is man the podcast. This is a podcast for men. We talk about women strictly. This is for our male audience. Yeah, um, I'm, so, I'm so hot. 
<laughs> like, I've spent I've spent zero hours, literally zero hours of my life trying to improve myself or my body. And I've literally I've literally never, ever in my entire life, never put any effort into improving anything about my physical appearance and yeah, uh, Giselle Bunsen, I can guarantee you has never got her pubic hair caught or belt buckle like I have <laughs> I'm in position to fucking cast aspersions with anybody Jesus Christ alright everybody that's the show looking forward to next week we got a lot to talk about in the year that was 2022, an interesting year for movies, I think. A lot yeah. of a lot of good, are a lot of bad. Back now, like we went through so many years of like just shit. Movies not are being back, out baby. And, like, yeah, I think they are. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I looking back this year, I was like, there's a lot of pretty good stuff. I, I feel think like it's got. Really a, I, I feel like it's got like much like real this 2022. Year. There's a shrunken middle class. I've got the elites. And I've got the dregs, but like the middle of the road <laughs> movies, not not as like it's a tighter window. This year is going to be nuts. You got a new Jonathan Glazer movie coming out. You got an Ari Aster yeah, movie Jonathan coming out. Wick coming out. You got a new Jonathan Wick coming out. You got <laughs> a Brandon Brandon Cronenberg movie coming out next week. I think, I think. Uh, Riley Stearns has got a new movie coming out this year. I hope that actually comes out this year. Who about the, uh, Riley Stearns, the guy that made um fucking oh. uh, fracture or whatever? Oh. And, uh, the guy, the guy that had a movie come out last year that I still haven't watched. <laughs> Is that was it last year that where it's like uh, duel? The fucking they make duel, yeah, where they make the clones that have to fight each other. It's, on the the, it's been oh, out. I I don't know why I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Yeah, the guy that huh. made uh the guy that Art made self defense, artist self defense, and what was it? Fractures or false? Yeah. False. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the other one. I love that movie. with Leland Orser. Yeah, that movie was fucking great. That is a uh, banger. <laughs> it's a it's a razor razor blade dildo banger. <laughs> Poor Leland Orser. I mean, we love him. He's he's been he's we've had a movie, Leland Orser movies on the show. Shout out, shout out to Alien Resurrection, Leland Orser. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's the show. See you next week. Big, big celebration. We'll see you then. Right. Wear a tie. <laughs> we should dress up. We should dress up.